Welcome to this episode of Project Shadow. My name is Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset. And today I want to talk about our kind and benevolent Dark Lord, who reigns over all childhoods, and I do mean all of them, from time immemorial. Well, I messed that up. Yeah, I want to talk about the Disney-Fox merger because it has happened, and it's a thing now, and... It seems like every time I think about doing this and I start looking at lists of things that they own now, I'm just kind of like, huh. So Disney owns Titan AE now. Okay. I mean, it's not the greatest animated movie, but there are some characters in there I really like. And, oh man, it has franchise potential. I mean, for goodness sakes, you could reboot it really easily and make it a spinoff of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Or, with just a few tweaks, it could easily be mixed. Mushed. I'm trying to say I'm crossed between mixed and mushed. Didn't intend that, but that's what happened. Into Star Wars. Yeah, I can see some of those races in Star Wars. I can see some of those problems and plot points it's what's happening out in the unknown regions yeah they they own that now they own anastasia so is she a disney princess now will she ever be a disney princess does that mean we're gonna have to sit through a live action anastasia movie because let's be honest the animated one really wasn't that good and I mean, there's the things that we all know about that we've talked about over and over and over again, like Ripley being a Disney princess now because she is. It's my headcanon. I don't care. You can try to debate me on that, but you're wrong. She's owned by Disney. And so my xenomorph destruction, destroying queen is a Disney princess now and forever. All hail Ripley. They now own Alien Nation, so maybe I'll get my series back. I mean, it's way past the point that you could bring back the original actors, but as long as you don't tinker too hard with it and make it into like twenty four with aliens, I, I would, I would love to get some more Alien Nation. Like that was a show that I just I really liked, and you know, I would like to get more. But the idea of Disney owning it just kind of freaks me out a little bit. And I don't know why. Like, it more than most of the other things on the list. I mean, I don't I don't know why that freaks me out so much. But it does. Unfortunately, Space Above and Beyond, which aired on Fox, was owned by an Australian network. So, yeah... At least I think it was. But I do want more. Or at least let me see it. I want to see it. I've turned it into something in my head that I think was awesome, but I don't know. Uh, 
Disney owns Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. They own Avatar. Not the last airbender. You know, the one with the blue guy with the arrow on his forehead for some reason. And if you don't think I'm serious about that, take a look at any pictures of the main character in Avatar. He's got a blue arrow on his forehead because reasons. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Ooh, Buffy and Willow are Disney princesses. I kind of want that to be a thing. You could at least do like a short animated movie. I'm sure you could get the original cast back to voice most of the characters, except for one who's in jail right now because he knows what he did. That would be fun. Die Hard. John McClane is owned by Disney. Dr. Doolittle. That makes sense. The Family Guy. Yeah. Futurama. Is Leela a Disney princess now? Can that be a thing? Oh, please. Please don't reboot and Disneyfy Futurama. That, that, that's a scary thought. King of the Hill, Kins, Kingsman, Home Alone, Predator. Oh my goodness. The Planet of the Apes movies, the Peter Jackson movies. That would be cool because I think they could have made for fun movies. And I don't know what exactly what happened there, but if you Disney that stuff up... That, that, that could be a thing. You know the Wonder Years is going to make a comeback, but it's going to be set in the 90s and it's going to be edgy. So I'm cool with that. I think. You know, I, I would volunteer to write for that. Probably. Maybe. Just the sheer volume of stuff that they know now. I'm on a page that has all the TV shows, the 20th Century Fox owns and it's it's just all of this is now disney like 21 jump street that that that's that's disney now because it is uh ally mcbeal is disney now america's most wanted i mean how more disney could you get than that they own american gladiators that 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 could be fun I can see that actually as a part of one of the theme parks, can't you? Dude, Andy Richter controls the universe. That's a show that should have been animated from the start. So, I can see Disney. Well, yeah, I can definitely see Disney retooling that. I just made myself sad. They own Arrested Development. This is just... A crazy place that we find ourselves in now, because now Disney, who already owns everything Jim Henson, so that's the Muppets and the Dark Crystal and Labyrinth, they already have all that. They own Marvel, which is a bunch. And now, I mean, it's just, every time I look at this list, like, technically Disney now owns the original Batman animated series, the, like, Bang Zhao Pap one? In theory, because reasons? Like, that just boggles my mind. And I don't think it's a good thing. I really don't. But that's kind of what I wanted to talk about, and why I wanted to just go through the fact that Disney owns the Fall Guy. Because, is anybody out there old enough to remember that? Is it just me? Uh, there was a Cobra TV series? Anyhow, but 
I'm not sure that it's a good thing for any of us that Disney has con- consumed, conglomerated, congealed. I'm not sure exactly what the phrase is that's appropriate there. So many intellectual properties under one roof. Because, well, there's stuff on here that, while some of you I'm sure remember Dharma and Greg, does anybody remember the TV show Danny? Because they own that now. It apparently was an American sitcom that aired on CBS. Oh, in 2001. It's not even an old show. And the reason I bring stuff like that up is Disney has not been shy about suing people for copying their intellectual property or their feeling that they're doing that. And now that they have this enormous, gigantic, just horrifically um, incomprehensible collection of IP that they could do pretty much whatever they wanted to with, this gives them the right to sue anybody who accidentally, you know, steps on any of these shows. And just looking at the names of these, like, I have no idea what some of these are. But that doesn't matter. Because Disney will do what it wants to do. And I don't think that there's anything that we can do about it. I really don't. And I'm not saying that from a pessimistic point of view. I'm saying that from a realistic one. How do you quantify cultural hegemony? Because that's really what we're talking about here. Monopoly law doesn't really work in this case because they'll be able to point to other television studios and movie studios that are producing content and, well, who's bigger, Disney or Netflix? I think it's easy to say that it's Disney, but are they truly monopolistic when Netflix exists? What about Warner Brothers? I mean, they're so magnanimous, James Gunn is going to be directing both a Guardians of the Galaxy movie and the reboot of Suicide Squad, which has Idris Elba in it right now, and I hope we're all very excited. But how do you quantify cultural hegemony? Because this is different from Monopoly. See, in a Monopoly, you can point to a company that has an unfair market advantage that it's able to leverage against its competitors, and thus put them out of business so that it's the only game in town. The wonderful thing about creative projects is that, well, anybody can make one. Don't believe me? Go to Wattpad. Just go. Go to Wattpad.com. Search for any crazy thing in your mind. You'll find a story there. And that's not a bad thing. That's awesome. Go to YouTube. One of my favorite games is Can We Break YouTube, where we just come up with weird random things to search, and very rarely do we ever return no results. Because there's almost nothing that you can think of that somebody else hasn't thought of. So what we're talking about here isn't necessarily a monopoly, though I've heard that term bandied around a lot. Disney is not a monopoly. They're not. 
And it's hard to make a monopolistic argument when it comes to content creation because there's Netflix and there's HBO and Stars and Amazon Prime and those are just to name the big companies. That's not even counting small people like me who write their own stories and put them out there into the world. Is it a monopoly? I think that's hard to quantify under the rules that we've had as to what a monopoly is. But now we're forced to ask the question of, does a particular company like Disney now present a threat as the cultural hegemon of our world? Because while we can make jokes or even earnestly say that the Marvel movies are the current pop mythology, they are. And if they're not, Star Wars is. Oh, wait, they own both of those. What about me and my childhood? And I start listing all of my favorite things when I was a kid. And other than Transformers, Robotech, and they don't own He-Man or Voltron. But everything else, pretty much? Yeah. Big Jim Henson fan, they own that now. Big George Lucas fan, they own that now. Oh, I loved the Alien movies. Oh, they own that now. And it's not... This isn't one of those arguments of, like, Disney's taking my childhood away, or Disney's... Any, it's not any of that crap. It's something that we really need to think about as far as how much intellectual property should one company be allowed to control. Or is that even something we should be thinking about? See, personally, I, being a little bit of an anarchist, don't like any unjustifiable hierarchies. And is Disney an unjustifiable hierarchy? Well, yeah, they fired James Gunn because some alt-right trolls dug up some stuff from like a decade ago that he had already apologized for and everybody had already accepted his apology for and he had already worked really hard to change the kind of person that he is about them. And they just kind of freaked out and overruled the people at Marvel and fired him. Yeah, that that's, that's definitely an unjust hierarchy. And that goes to show the kind of control that they're going to have over our future. Now, I think where this becomes more dangerous and much more insidious is not actually in Disney having this kind of power, but in countries that are not ours having this power. And companies like Disney, who really like making a lot of money in those countries. What I'm trying to say is Disney is going to make most of its decisions based on what's good for the Chinese market. And I don't blame them. Most multimedia companies are going to be asking themselves, what rules do I have to play by to be big in China? Because, well, there's a billion people there. And before you come after me, because I'm singling out China as opposed to other nations, with a billion people in their population, that's a market that's pretty much too big to ignore. And you add to that that you can't import a movie into China if it has out gay characters in it. Mm. Oh, yeah. And you can't import a movie if it has 
overt expressions of hip-hop culture which really makes me want to know what the music score for Black Panther sounded like when it got imported into China. Or if it was just allowed in because, you know, nobody has, other than the lip tattoos, tattoos, and nobody, well, except for the kids kind of dress in a hip-hop style, because hip-hop fashion is also foreboding. Because they're having a problem with people making rap songs against Xi Jinping. And that's where this can become problematic. Because Disney is a giant corporation and it wants to make a lot of money. So in the inevitable reboot of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, when it eventually comes our way, is Willow no longer going to be a lesbian? Because that's not going to sell in China? That may sound like I'm fear-mongering here, but it is something to really be thinking about. If you are a multinational corporation like Disney is, and you're wanting to make your money all over the world. I mean, think about Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, in its opening weekend, I think something like 63% of its initial opening weekend was from overseas ticket sales. I mean, it did great in the United States, but it did even better worldwide. And when you look at the numbers, I mean, as I said, it made almost half a billion dollars when you factor in the worldwide gross. That's huge. So is that why the relationship between Captain Marvel and Maria really, like, goes beyond queer coding? And if you don't know what I'm talking about... Rowan Ellis did a wonderful video on YouTube about Captain Marvel and Maria and their relationship, and I highly recommend that you go watch it. But they're definitely a couple. Like, there's hard. Maria was Carol's next of kin. They were raising a kid together. That's a family unit. That's not, like, friends. But, of course, none of that's overt, and that's... Probably because you really want the movie to do well in China. So, yeah. What about our queer characters? What about the hip-hop culture that would be present in some of these properties? Now, they're not going to alienate their American viewers, and so for the TV shows and stuff like that, that's probably going to be fine, because that's popular here. So they'll continue doing that. But this is where we really have to start talking about cultural hegemony because it's been a problem for a very long time. And unfortunately, we in the United States only have to start dealing with it now because we're no longer the big guy on the street. See, once upon a time, American media, you know, Hollywood and our various record labels and whatnot, really kind of set the table for what was acceptable and what was really big as far as a film or an album or an artist. And yeah, we can point to outliers from around the world that were able to sneak in over the years. And over the years, they increasingly start coming from other places. A lot of the music that I listen to comes from Europe and Africa, because I'm really into Afrobeat, and I listen to a lot of British music, and 
oddly a lot of music that comes out of Sweden. Like, there are some really good R&B acts that I really love that when I found out they were Swedish, just kind of blew my mind. But yeah, they're from Sweden. I listen to a lot of music from there, apparently. That didn't used to be the case, and with streaming services, that's becoming easier and easier. So we here in the American market are starting to feel what other countries felt for a very long time. We're starting to experience what it's like to be the other person. One of my favorite experiences for this is there's a, a Bollywood franchise that I absolutely love. They're called Doom. You should watch all three of them. They're fantastic. D-H-O-O-M. They're so good. And in the third one, the majority of the movie takes place in Chicago. And getting to see what India thinks of not only the United States, but Chicago is fascinating. It's, it's, it's eye-opening, and it's amazing, and it, wow, just kind of boggles the mind. And then you realize, you know, when you were geeking out about that movie that took place in Tokyo or Buenos Aires or wherever, they probably felt the same way. And I bring all this up with the Disney merger. Just because it's just unbelievable to me how much they actually own, how much they actually control now. There was a TV series that I absolutely loved. It was called The Gates. They own that now. It's about a vampire and some witches and I think a werewolf and a whole bunch of people. It starred, one of the stars was the kid who plays Rory on uh, um, Arrow. I think he was on Teen Wolf also. Um, yeah. They own Firefly now. At least the distribution rights to it. And when you start looking at these giant lists of things that they now have control over, that they can do whatever they want to, and they can split this up and do just literally whatever they want. This is a lot of power. Because while you may not have been the biggest fan of, oh, I don't know, let's pick something at, oh, they own Lost in Space. There we go. They own the at least the original Lost in Space. Now, I don't know what the relationship between that and the new one on Netflix is, but... They own the original. They own in living color. Which you might have to be of a certain age to understand. But these are things that there's so someone's favorite is on this list. Some piece of media here that was formative in the life of someone listening to my voice is on one of these lists. And if it's not on the new one for the Fox acquisition, it's on one of the older ones from when they bought Marvel or Lucasfilm or the Jim Henson Studios or, 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 or. Which means that they truly do own our childhoods. And they own our childhoods going forward. Luckily, like I said, you can't have a true 
hegemony over thought, but you can over viewing hours. And that's the new thing that everybody's going to be struggling with. I mean, have you honestly started making a mental space for what's going to happen when the Disney Plus app launches? I know I have. I've thought about it quite a bit because there are so many shows that I like here, there, and yonder. But yeah, I'm definitely going to watch The Mandalorian when it comes out. And oh, that Loki and the Winter Soldier thing, that sounds amazing. I'm definitely going to watch that. And, and, and. And there's only so many hours in the day. And they're going to be able to create so much content. They could really overwhelm everything. And now when you start talking about the back catalog that they have access to, there are shows on the, this list that I haven't seen in forever, that I don't know of anywhere that they are. And I would love to watch them again. I would be fascinated to watch them again. There's space above and beyond. It's my favorite. I don't know if it was any good sci-fi show that I go to all the time because I only got to watch it when it was originally airing and a little bit when it was on repeats on sci-fi. They own it now. So if that ends up on Disney+, Plus, well, they've got me for at least the length of that now, too. I don't think that this is, like, crisis. I know some people do, and some people are really freaking out about it. I don't think it's a crisis, but I do think we all need to start paying attention to who we're giving our attention to, how much of our attention they're getting, and why. Because, and I hate that I have to say this phrase now, in the marketplace of ideas. Because no, that's not, that doesn't exist. In the marketplace of attention. Because we do pay attention. They are going to consume more and more of that attention. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know if any of us do. I mean, honestly... And I do mean this, even though it's going to sound like I'm making a ridiculous joke. I don't think anyone has had this much power over the mythological and imaginal mind of a population since the Catholic Church was pretty much the unquestioned governor of Europe. And... There is no Protestant Reformation. There is no breaking out of this. There's only doing something different. At least until that gets bought by Disney. Because, seriously, if you're into space opera like I am, your choices are very limited right now. There isn't a lot of it out there. So, Amazon has The Expanse, and I'm very happy about that, and I'm curious to see where that goes. Um, Netflix, eh, I haven't really caught up on Voltron in a while. Altered Carbon, maybe, in the future, but it's just, like, weird future dystopian, so it doesn't really count. Um, I got my Star Trek, which I'm kind of okay with now. I've got the Orville, 
but my other options are all Disney now. I could go back and rewatch Firefly. Well, that's Disney. I could watch Serenity. Well, that's Disney. Oh, the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. That's Disney. Oh, Star Wars. That's Disney. And that's what I mean by cultural hegemony. They own the rights to most of the properties that we have, for better or worse, invested our attention in. That we have filled our house with. That we have filled our lives with. And I don't think that they will end up controlling us in some kind of a futuristic hellscape where we all must bow to the mouse or we don't get any more entertainment just because you know entertainment companies they come and go and what's popular comes and goes that's always been the way of things while it seems that marvel will reign supreme forever eventually people will gravitate to some other type of action movie you know, we were once all about the Western, and the Western went away. It still exists in some places, but not to the prominence it used to have. But we need to start having a conversation, if only with ourselves, about what it means for someone like Disney to control so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did... And the app that you're listening to me on allows you to rate either this episode or the podcast itself. Please do that. That helps me out a lot. That tells the algorithm to share me with more people. If you've got a dollar, you can pass my way. Down in the show notes, you'll see a link that says Anchor Community Support. If you click that, you can join the project at the $1, $5, $10 levels. That helps me out a lot. It helps me do pretty much everything that I do. And thank you to everybody who does that. If you don't have any money or you don't feel like giving right now, that's fine. Just if you think, you know, somebody who'd like this podcast, please share it with them. That helps a lot, too. I've had a lot of thoughts about this, and I would love to hear what you have to say. You can either hit me up on Twitter, I'm C.E. Dorset over there, or you can go to Anchor.fm and download the Anchor app. Follow Project Shadow, and you'll see a little button that says Voice Message. You can leave up to a one-minute message. Please keep it clean so I can use it on the show. It can be a question, a comment, or a topic you'd like to hear me discuss. And I really would like to start hearing more from you all. They happened, they happened once upon a time when I first moved the podcast to Anchor. And while I know that those who used to call in still listen, I haven't heard from you in a while. So if you would like to call in, please do. If you want to find links to anything else that I do, just head over to ProjectShadow.com. Until next time, don't forget, have the fun.